Glory to Jesus Christ. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. This day is in tomorrow, but as we begin the celebration of tomorrow this evening in the Orthodox Church, it is the leave taking of the Feast of Exaltation of the Cross. So after this brief word, we will be singing before that cross and bowing down before the cross, and then I'll be taking the cross back into the altar. At the very beginning of the proclamation of the gospel, there are always foes of the gospel and of the message of the cross. Very early in the church, especially the first 200, 300 years, and there's always been, as with most heresies, there's a kind of eternal quality to them in the sense that we have a kind of uh, bubbling up again of certain heresies. There's always been a tendency or desire to cleave the Old Testament and the New Testament. That when we read the Old Testament, there's some kind of different God, or maybe a more perfect version that is revealed in the New Testament. And it is the valiant efforts, of course, guided by the Holy Spirit of the, our fathers in the faith, to fight against this particular heresy. That there is some different God or a kind of more primal God and then a better God uh, between the Old Testament and the New Testament. We see this reflected uh, in our hymnody. You would think that maybe the hymnody would be reflecting a whole lot of uh, examples from the New Testament, maybe singing long quotes from Paul, which would probably be very hard since Paul is kind of hard to follow. You would imagine something along those lines, but what do we get throughout the hymnody of this feast? <clears throat> we get all sorts of Old Testament images, image upon image. Adam and Moses, if you look at the canyon of this particular feast, we're all over the place, from Jacob and the patriarchs to there is in the life of the church an understanding that the cross uh, is basically a reflection of the very nature of God. And so therefore, throughout the Old Testament, there is not only just the foreshadowing that our salvation will be won upon the cross, but that there is something about, and I don't mean this in a crude anthropomorphic sense that there's a cross in God or anything like that, but that God's nature, God's self is fully reflected and we can understand him through the cross, that he has chosen to reveal himself ultimately through shadows and types throughout the Old Testament, but fully himself by dying on the cross. This is the core of the Gospel. John is, of course, the core of the other Gospels, but this is the glory of God as we understand it according to the Gospel according to St. John. This is what the gospel entails, and I think there's always a tendency not just to cleave the Old Testament and the New Testament, but what is the simplest way in which we can boil down the gospel. But the reality is, in the preaching of the church, as we commemorate also uh, this day, Apostle Quadratus, and all of the apostolic teachings of the church that has been reflected throughout the rest of the centuries of the church, is that it's not... The gospel is a kind of all-inclusive package. It's not just kind of a simplified little version. 
But the gospel implies creation. How we understand creation, how we understand Israel, how we understand God revealing himself through the law and the prophets and the Psalms, that all of this story is related to the gospel. And you can't take parts out of it. You don't just get that Jesus suddenly appeared on the scene and that he died on the cross. And how does that actually make sense? Well, it doesn't really matter as long as you basically believe these things and say these few words. Then the transaction is complete and then we're done. The reality of the gospel is the entire arc of creation itself that is, comes to its kind of crystallization or clarity as God himself who ascends the cross for our salvation. This includes, uh, for Paul and for St. John Chrysostom talking about St. Paul, you know, creation, incarnation, death, burial, resurrection, ascension to the right hand, uh, the preaching of the gospel, the gospel and how it actually affects your life, that the cross is not just the symbol of God's love for us, but our way in which we ourselves also ascend to God himself as he has descended to us. He has given us that ladder to heaven, and that is the cross in our own life, that we ourselves, through the power of the cross, can bear our own crosses and have the Holy Spirit poured out upon us and in our hearts. And ultimately, for Paul, this is also then the teaching about eternal life, the resurrection from the dead and eternal life in the state that we will find ourselves in eternal life. Life or destruction, judgment. This is all gospel. This is all God's doing, God's revelation. And it is why we ourselves put out in the church twice a year the cross as the center the clearest point which everything points to and which we ourselves come to know the love of God and the power of God, not just in our own lives, but in the whole world, having resurrected, having destroyed all of the enemies that stand against us to keep us captive, but has freed us. So this is why we bow down before the cross this is why we worship his third day resurrection. This is why we ourselves glory than the cross that we bear in our own flesh and reflecting and echoing what St. Paul says of the salvation that God has wrought in the midst of the earth, in the midst of our own bodies for the salvation of this world. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Amen.